Welcome to the Paperback Pirates. Today we are wrapping up our two-part series on Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. Uh, today we're kind of going through a handful of quotes, some Zen wisdoms, if you will, kind of pulling those apart and looking at them a little bit closer. Uh, if you haven't yet, please hit like, subscribe, share with a friend, all that good stuff. And let's dive right in. Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, Part 2. On page 184 of Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, we were left with the question, what is quality? I offered an answer, which can be found in Part 1 of this series. Persig used the second half of the book to continue both his road trip narrative and recollections of Phaedrus. He also gives somewhat tedious explanations of his philosophical worldview. To be honest, there were a few sections that were difficult to slog through. The second half of Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance can respectfully be viewed as a pursuit of truth. While reading Perzik's tale of grappling with the nature of quality, it felt more and more like he was struggling with God. He talks about quality as the thing that produced all other things, and notices that we all have some inkling of when we are in line with this quality, or truth perhaps, and when we are not. There are a few points when it feels like he's about to come right out and say quality is God, or vice versa. And some of his descriptions come very near to quoting the Bible. There's a truth that supersedes all other truths. All that exists came from a single source, etc. The pursuit of truth can take people a number of places. Scratch that. A lot of people pursue truth at one point or another. They end up going a lot of different places. I don't think we should blame the pursuit for this. I think we all bring our own baggage, ideas, and preconceptions into a venture. This has more to do with the many conclusions people reach than an objective truth possibly could. We get derailed, comfortable, distracted by the need to prove ourselves correct, but it seems to be the case that whenever someone makes an earnest attempt to find the most real thing, they are sure to encounter something true and interesting along the way. While Persig never gets around to addressing the idea of God, he does come across a handful of truths that are well worth examining. Zen wisdom number one. The difference between a good mechanic and a bad one is precisely this ability to select the good facts from the bad ones on the basis of quality. I love that this quote came in the part of the book when Perzig said he would speak most explicitly about motorcycle maintenance because that would do the most to change anyone's thinking. He's right. This statement applies to motorcycle mechanics, but it also applies to nearly everything. This dilemma boils down to whether a person is paying more attention to a vision of where a project is heading or the process and what is evident in a moment. And this is true of working both on physical projects and with people. It's like the Eisenhower quote. Plans are useless, but planning is everything. A mechanic should absolutely have a plan before beginning a project. He should have some concept of the problem he's about to address and how that problem should be addressed. But once the project begins, his focus should center on the task at hand. He needs to listen, see, and feel carefully. Previously undiagnosed issues will manifest themselves, but he can easily miss them if he is solely focused on what he thinks should be done. The same is true when working with people. A vision for an organization is crucial. Without it, there's nothing to aim at. Groups of aimless people tend to struggle, but once the journey commences, no plan can be sacred. Tactics, responsibilities, and even roles must be available for sacrifice and reconfiguration. Inflexible people and organizations, like inflexible ships, will always break down over the course of a journey. Zen wisdom number two. You have to have some feeling for the quality of the work. You have to have a sense of what's good. This could be considered a sign of a master at work, the intuition of what is good and what isn't. 
This is the kind of skill that only comes with time and focused practice. It is similar to the idea in Malcolm Gladwell's Blink that with enough time and study, your intuition becomes your most valuable skill. In that book, he gives the example of a tennis coach who would watch tournaments on TV and could tell when a player was about to double fault before a serve was even started. The coach could do this despite his inability to identify what was tipping him off. I remember as a kid, I would watch my dad work sometimes. He would move with what appeared to be absolute certainty. He didn't talk much, so I was trying to figure out for myself what the problem was and how he was fixing it. There were a few times I figured out the problem easily enough, but couldn't make the connection to what he was doing. A couple of times I asked how what he was doing would fix the problem, and he just said, I don't know, I'm just trying something. Usually it solved the issue. He didn't need a clear picture all the time. He just had a sense of what made for a good trailer or pickup flatbed and let himself follow his intuition based on what he was seeing. Zen wisdom number three. The solutions are all simple after you have arrived at them, but they're simple only when you know already what they are. The process of discovery is taxing, necessary, and generally rewarding. Finding solutions to complex problems requires us to function outside of our comfortable knowledge and skill. It demands guesswork, that threshold between confidence and, oh boy, if I mess this up, I'm in real trouble, humility. In the analog world, physical pain can often accompany creative problem solving. But true to any worthwhile endeavor, the reward comes at the end. When we finally solve something we are not previously equipped to do, for lack of either skill or knowledge, we find an unmistakable sense of accomplishment. Meeting a surprise question with a studied answer is good. Conquering a challenge without help is better. Of course, solving the real-world puzzle always gives way to immediate irony. With the solution in mind, the whole thing now seems obvious and simple which they are. This is slightly annoying, but the feeling of turning the complex into the simple through determination makes it well worth it. Zen wisdom number four. In motorcycle maintenance, you must rediscover what you do as you go. Rigid values makes this impossible. This one screams human relationship more than any other. How many teachers, coaches, managers, owners, parents, politicians, directors, military commanders, and others have refused to recalibrate and change plans at the expense of those around them. Every year, you can read about coaches who get fired after a disappointing season. Inevitably, some of them are stars in the profession just a few years prior. But what was innovative and productive then is no longer, and they failed to adapt. History is littered with examples of military commanders trusting their own clever schemes over what was directly confronting them. Well-intentioned parents, as well as all kinds of mentors, can approach relationship building with a plan in mind. But when that plan is struggling, which it surely will, can they pay attention to why that might be and adjust accordingly? We can easily romanticize the hero who doubles down on his plans when no one believes him. He proves all the doubters wrong and wins them over with his success. It's an appealing idea to tell the other actors the problem is with them and then be vindicated. It is also a practice that turns into a habitual time bomb. The successful mechanic is the humble one who understands the flaws in his plan will reveal themselves over time and eagerly awaits the opportunity to identify and fix those problems. But woe is the man who prematurely claims mastery only to condemn himself to eventual failure. So that was part two of our review of Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance by Robert Persig. Definitely considered an American classic, a unique book for sure. And at times, absolutely difficult to read. I think there are three spots in the second half of that book where I almost just put it down and moved on. Uh, but I'm glad I didn't. 
it ended up being a really good read, really interesting, thought provoking stuff. And a lot of it's really practical, um, which is not always the case in kind of philosophically minded texts. So if you haven't yet, I encourage you to read it. As always, like, subscribe, all that good stuff, and tell someone you know about the show if you think they'll get something out of it. And until next time, we want to remind you to keep on reading. Thank you.